So tonight we continue our study entitled Challenge Accepted. Last week we looked at, for what many would say is the most challenging thing when it comes to our Christian faith, which is the call that Jesus places on our lives to forgive. To forgive others, to forgive ourselves, and, and, and to forgive even when people aren't seeking forgiveness. But to forgive. And this week we look at a very well-known scripture. It is... In the Gospel of Matthew, in the 28th chapter, verses 16 through 20, where we hear these words, that then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, and this is where we get to the command, or the challenge rather, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. So for many of us, we've heard this text before. We've heard it referred to as the Great Commission. And this is a command, this is a challenge that Jesus gives to those disciples on that mountaintop. It's a challenge that is also given to us or anyone that is proclaiming to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to go forth, proclaiming the good news, making disciples of Jesus Christ, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the, and the Holy Spirit. And it's connected deeply and rooted deeply in what Jesus has referred to as the greatest commandment, which is love God and love neighbor. And it's that idea that if you love your neighbor, you want them to have this relationship with this loving, gracious, and merciful God that has changed your life as well. And if you're proclaiming to be a, a disciple, then Jesus has claimed, changed your life. But for many people in the Christian church, we use this text as a call to go and do mission work. And absolutely it is. But the problem is, is it's been kind of isolated as it's a call to go into, you know, overseas to do mission work. But what we hear in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is that you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be made my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so what Jesus is getting at here is, you know, we don't have to go overseas, but it... it, it may start with sharing, proclaiming about the love of Jesus Christ and what Jesus is doing in your life to those that are in, in the same house that you live in that don't know. Those that go to school with you, to work with you, and sharing it with those that you encounter wherever you encounter them. And what if we did this in our lives? What if we lived so differently that we were living the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ that it changed us so differently that as we went about our lives, it was proclaiming the goodness of God? Because, and this is what, it, what Jesus is getting to in Matthew 28, 19, where he says, make disciples. This idea of making disciples is a, is a call for us to go out and to share who it is that Jesus is. It's a call to go out and be a missionary. And as I said, a missionary is not necessarily having to go overseas, but I came across this quote today about what it means to be a missionary, and it said, a missionary is God's man or woman in God's place, doing God's work in God's way for God's glory. So it's, it's proclaiming, yes, Jesus Christ, you are Lord of my life, and I'm going to go where it is that you are calling me to go, do what it is that you're calling me to do in the way that you call me to do it. And whenever I do, I will make sure that you are given all glory, for you are the one that empowers me to do so. 
And we're called to live this life, this missionary lifestyle, if you will. And we're called to do it in, in all nations. Now, this idea of going and creating disciples or even of being a disciple is a, a call to be a pupil, a learner. It's one who follows the lifelong journey of learning. It's not like when you go to school and you graduate and you're done with that course of study. But it is a lifelong journey in learning and growing in relationship with Jesus Christ. Or as the quote that I found from Earl Pulius said, you can be no greater a teacher than you are or becoming as a person. If you would effectively fulfill your role as a teacher, you must constantly grow in greatness as a person. And this is that idea of you can't teach what you don't know. You can't give what you don't have. You can't show what you don't know. And, what, and so what we're saying is that we must be growing in our own relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you growing in your own personal relationship? Because you can't be a, preacher, a better preacher, teacher, Christian servant than you're becoming in your own personal discipleship. You, it, we're called to constantly be growing in this relationship with Jesus. And we see this it's shown when Jesus talks to us in John 15 verses 4 through 5 where he talks about being the vine and the branches. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit from it for itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him must bear, he will bear fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. And so we must look at our lives and analyze where are we bearing fruit? What is the fruit that our life is showing? How is our life showing that we have abided, that we have stayed with Jesus Christ, that we are living with Jesus Christ, that we are growing in relationship? If I was to ask people that you spend your time with, if you know Jesus Christ and, and to show proof, would they be able to do so? What is the fruit that your life is bearing? Because we're called to go forth and to do this $10 word that the church has proclaimed of, of evangelism. Now, it's a big word, but all it really means is going out and sharing the good news of what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. And, and being a disciple, this is what it is a call to do. It's not a call to just learn, but it's a call to proclaim what it is that God is doing in your life. And if we're followers of Jesus, we will be involved in evangelism and discipleship. We have no excuse. This is what we are called to do as Christians. And if we're not doing this, the question would be asked, are we living out our faith? Are we truly Christian? Because Jesus says that the greatest command is love God and love neighbor. And as we've heard, the greatest commission is rooted in that command. So if we're not living and fulfilling that commandment, are we truly following Jesus? And he goes on and he says that we are called to baptize. And baptizing is that idea of bringing them into the faith. It's that idea of bringing them into the body, bringing them into the family. It's not that idea of you go out and you go, hey, we've got a really great youth group. Hey, we've got really good worship on Sunday morning. Hey, you need to come to church with me on Sunday or Wednesday or whenever. Uh, but it's an idea of engaging in their lives. It's an idea of being present with them, of showing them the love of Jesus Christ, not just in word, but in deed as well. And, and we find ourselves, as we hear all this command, it it's, can be very daunting and overwhelming. But we hear this reassurance at the end of it where he says, and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. What a beautiful reminder. As Jesus is saying, look, remember, pay close attention to this fact that I'm with you. No matter where you go or what you do, I am with you till the end of the age. 
No one other than me. I am here. I am present and I am not leaving you. Jesus promises that he's going to go with us. So even as we become overwhelmed with it, we must cling to this biblical truth. You know, every week on Wednesday nights, we proclaim that the best of all is that God is with us. But what would it do if we took just a moment and we took a step back and really let it hit home and say the best of all is that God is with me, that God is with, insert your name here. That no matter what is going on in my life, no matter the fear, the anxiety, the worries I feel, no matter even when I don't necessarily know it, that I can proclaim that Jesus Christ has not left me nor forsaken me, that he is with me even until the end of the age. And how do I know that? Because he proclaimed it, he promised it, and Jesus doesn't break his promises. What would it look like if instead of saying the best of all is that God is with us, that we could proclaim that the best of all is that God is with you, with me? Amen. Amen.